As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learned something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. It is no fluke. It is a fact. The Cincinnati Bengals are headed to Super Bowl 56. It's intercepted. The Rams are staying home to play in Super Bowl 56. This is the Big Game VEASAN is in the middle of 56 hours of free video coverage on VEASAN.com. We've got every angle and aspect of the big game covered for you during the game. We're going to have our BetCast. It's going to tell you what props are cashing during the game as well as helping you make in-game wagers. Our halftime show will be live at the Circus Swim Pool with Tim Murray and Sean King in a special edition of Follow the Money with Paulie and Mitch at 11 p.m. Eastern. VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, is completely free all weekend long at VEASAN.com. Dave Ross alongside Matt Humans right here at Circus Sportsbook, and look who it is, Mike Pereira. When you have Mike in studio here, you know it's got to be a Super Bowl, of course, Fox Sports <laughs> NFL and CF- CFP rules analyst. Mike, great to have you here. You're going to be part of our betcast throughout the afternoon and evening here at Circa uh, and at VEASAN. Uh, what do you make uh, of Super Sunday and just the way that it's exploded through the years? You see it here at Circa. It just gets bigger every year. It's just amazing to me. I mean, I came about four years ago, I think it was, and you're out at South Point, mm-hmm. and then – and then, you know, to come back here and now we're at Circa, it's like, it's unbelievable. And last night was a madhouse in this place. I mean, in a good way, it was a mad In a real good way, it was a madhouse in this place. But it's just like, and I was saying last night that right, if I'm not going to go to the Super Bowl, if Fox is not covering it, I can't think of any other place I'd rather be because this is just so cool to be around these people that are so passionate about the game. And so... I'm, I'm like having the time of my life. You got to hang out at Mega Bar last night with Derek Stevens. <laughs> That's like, good. I mean, I'm like Derek Stevens, and I met him earlier in the day, and he said, hey, after dinner and after your show last night, you know, come on over. And, well, I didn't know he meant five hours, come on over, but <laughs> I did. Mike, it is great, and obviously when people see you, they want to pick your brain about officiating. And, you know, when you watch the title games, the AFC, the AFC and the NFC title game, it was a hands-off approach that we saw from the officiating crew. And I know from my perspective, it was enjoyable to watch, sure. right? The flow of the game is just better. Is that something that comes down from on high, or is that just the flow of the crew that you have for those games? Listen, I think it comes down from in your head. Um, it doesn't come down from on high. You don't tell the officials, let's officiate this to a different standard. If you, if you say that, I mean, that's really not fair to anybody, including the officials. But I think what happens is subconsciously, they kind of distance themselves from it. I mean, they don't want to be the story. Right. And, you are often, with the exception of the Rams-Saints game a couple of years ago, you're often not a story for what you don't call. It's for what you do call. And so you look 
I mean, really, if you take a look at the division games and the championship games, and look at those penalty totals, 10, 8, 4, I mean, they're, they're, the penalty numbers are really down, which they really are um, in, in playoffs traditionally. And I think part of it is the one and done. Right. I mean, if you're a team, it's one and done. So discipline is important. Trying to cut the false starts and the offsides and the delay of games. Um, you know, I think there's special emphasis with that, too, on the team. So um, it's just one of those things. And I am with you. A game with few penalties oh. and no replay reviews, is that's great football. That's Beautiful. great football. But generally, we don't see that anymore. <laughs> no. I, that's what I was going to say. Does the NFL in general, in the regular season, have an officiating problem in your mind? Because I know a lot of people get tired of the, the flag fest and the fact that the officials are constantly involved in interrupting the game. Do you think there's a, a way to improve that? Does it need to be improved? Well, it's interesting because I do think they tried it this year with these expedited reviews and a video assistant. It's the same thing as a sky judge. I mean, that's basically what it is, which mm -hmm. we've all been wanting before to correct some things in real time. And, and I think, actually, it did work to a degree. But I'm not sure that it helped officiating in general because now officials got to be a little more hesitant. You know, that, well, no, I know now that somebody's going to bail me out and correct my call if need be. And I think overall, and I've said this a gazillion times this year, I think the 120-some-odd officials, group of officials that are in the NFL, maybe are the best they've ever been. But I don't think the officiating is. Right. So why is that? And so you start looking at all this technology, and I do think it plays into it. You know, when you look, and we're always trying to find, you know, from VEASAN's perspective here, any edge you can get, right? And sometimes people really do go down the, the rabbit hole of the officiating crew. We know it's sure. the collective crew, and you've got Ron Torbert, who's going to be the head official. He's been a ref since 2014, appeared in nine playoff games. But this is his first Super Bowl here. When you have an eclectic crew and it's not your guys that you see each and every Sunday, how does that change that dynamic? Well, I mean, obviously it changes the main dynamic in that you can't really develop any trends from the crew. Right. I mean, and, you know, all 32 teams in the NFL, they run stats on every crew. Um, so you're not really going to have beyond Ron Torbert. You're not going to really have any type of trends to say, you know, Ron Torbert calls the most roughing the passer penalties, you know, now, but when you have a mixed crew like this, which I am not for, oh. I mean, I, I really do like the concept of a crew. And I did this in 2001 when I took over. I said, we're going to advance crews to the playoff. I, I'd rather, simple statement, I don't care about the best officials. I care about the best officiating. Mm. And you get the best officiating, in my mind, when you have a crew that's worked together 17 times during the course of the season. And if that crew together as a group performed the best, then why aren't they in the playoffs together? Right. And um, and I did it for three years, and there's something to call a collective bargaining agreement that the officials have, just like players have, and they um, filed a grievance against me, and they wanted to go back to individual-based, and uh, the league agreed with them and not with me. So <laughs> it lasted about three years, and one field judge, who was not the best field judge, clearly, but he got three Super Bowls in a row. And, and and that really hacked off the rest of the field judges in the, in the league. So that, that kind of ended rather abruptly. I agree with your point, too. I yeah. think chemistry and teamwork within the crew makes it a better officiated game most times, right? I mean, yeah. look, at we're talking about the best teams, right? I mean, the best teams, if you have a rookie, I mean, my gosh, you know, he, he's going to play. I mean, he's part of the team. and and uh, But that's not the concept that has been used in the NFL other than that short stretch of time. 
when you look at the, the guys who are officiating this game, how do you think this game will be called? Is it going to be tight? Is it going to be, we're not going to see a flag fest today? I don't think you're going to see a flag fest. I don't think it's going to be tight. Um, you know, somebody told me that the prop bet was 10 and a half, I guess, in the total number of penalties. I mean, if I was a betting man, and I'm not because I lost $100 on my alma mater, Santa Clara, against USF <laughs> yesterday, I'm not picking anything today. But if I was a betting man, I think I'd take the under in that prop bet. You know, Ron, it's very interesting, Mike. When you look at Ron Toll, we're going to be officiating this crew and leading this crew here and people trying to gauge what prop scenario they should do there. I know Cowboy fans go, man, I wish th- these crews were doing the Cowboy game with 14 accepted penalties they had against the Niners. But right. I say, even as a Cowboy fan, those were well deserved. Yes. I mean, those are those are Mike. You got to throw the flags on well, the obvious and, and, ones, and you have to. And I, I was actually flying with Troy Aikman back to Dallas uh, during the 49er Dallas game. We landed with a minute to go and turned on the phone and watched the last minute of that game, and it was chaotic. And so then I got in the car to go to the hotel, and Babe Laufenberg and the post game brings up the point that the Cowboys got penalized 14 times, and he kind of railed on the Cowboys. He said they were all deserved. I thought Maybe so too. one was iffy. He said, but they're so undisciplined, and you can't be undisciplined in a one-and-done game. And that that game was kind of the outlier in the number of penalties. But, uh, you know, like you say, uh, listen, at the start of the pandemic year last year, I think Walt Anderson did a good job. And he said to the entire group, make them big. And, and I think that's a great philosophy to use don't nitpick the game make them big and and I think we have started to see that in the playoffs at least you know last year with uh, Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl okay I bet the roughing the passer prop I said if uh, if anybody breathes on one of these superstar quarterbacks the way that was being called last year we're gonna have a roughing the passer is that BS or do you think uh, that that theory was kind of validated last year or is the game not gonna be called with Stafford and uh, Burrow the same way it might be called with Brady and Mahomes. Mm. Well, I mean, listen, I I, I think it's going to be called the same way. I mean, yeah. nobody does think, everybody thinks that Tom Brady gets all the breaks, and I had to laugh because in the last game, he actually said, I get away with a lot of stuff with the refs because right. I'm Tom Brady. And then what happened? Sean Hockley rang his butt up, you know. And, uh, Do you think that comment ticked off Sean Hockley? You know, I mean – they read the papers, <laughs> right, I mean, right. they do, but not maybe not all of them have the guts to do what Sean Hockley right. did. And you know, us closet referees are kind of back there going, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Mike. I'm curious. Uh, four Super Bowls you covered with Fox. You've had an, an incredible run. Any memorable moments to you on Super Sunday that really stick out? You know, the the most memorable to me was actually when I was still with the league, and it was the Steelers and the Cardinals and the touchdown pass oh, yeah. at the end of the game and the 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 young man who made the call, the field judge from Louisiana, um, obviously pressure pack call. Oh. Replay really couldn't decide one way or they couldn't tell, so it stayed the touchdown. And I went, I went into the locker room right after the game was over, went to him, and I said, it's one of the best calls I've ever seen in a Super Bowl. And the kid, Greg Gotro, who's retiring this year, broke down and cried. Wow. I mean, and that's how much pressure is on these guys in this game, I mean, you know, the, they're sitting there right now, and they're in the locker room, and and I'm telling you, their nerves like you can't believe. They'll go away after about five minutes of the first quarter, but the pressure is enormous. And to me, when he broke down and cried, and I realized how important this is for them, that's that's my fondest Super Bowl memory.
absolutely incredible. I mean, that's that's because people get officials. Ah, they, don't, no. they care too. They're just trying to get this thing right. No kidding. I mean, no kidding. They just don't want to be the story. They don't want to be. They're never going to be the positive story. No, right. They just <laughs> don't want to be the negative story. So if Ron Torbord and his crew, you know, the one thing for them is this game's not about the money at all. They don't make that much money, not that much more than the regular season game. But just like a player, they get a ring. They get a ring. And to wear that ring as an official on every airplane show, on every flight attendant, um, you know, that I work the Super Bowl is is the thing for them. And that's what they're all, they're hoping that they can wear it with pride after this game. Mike, great having you in. Really appreciate the time. Going to be part of our betcast throughout the afternoon. So thank you very much. You got it. My pleasure. I'm Mike Pereira. There he is, everybody. You think officials, that's who you think of. Come on. is your number one source to get ready for the Super Bowl today. 56 hours of free video coverage on VEASAN.com leading up, of course, to what we're doing right now. The 6th Annual Live Big Game BetCast. We're going to make you a smarter better. We've got some of the biggest names, obviously, to get you ready before kickoff. If you missed it, Brent Musburger sent down, sat down with legendary sports better Billy Walters. You can catch the entire interview on VEASAN.com. Of course, we had Chris Berman, Danny Trejo, we had Michael Simon, Pete Rose, and many, many more. Check out all the interviews on vcin.com. Alongside Matt Humans, I am Dave Ross. This is Circus Sportsbook right here. It's great having Mike Pereira in. Oh, yeah. Uh, just some of those stories. And again, I, I think I think the general public sometimes thinks, oh, the officials don't care, Matt. Like, they're just, no, Dave, they, they really try to get the this The officials thing right. are people, too. Just like kickers, by the way. Uh, they are people, too. They're not just people to scream obscenities at and blame uh, things on when things go wrong with your team. So, right. so stop yelling at the officials, even though I'm guilty of it, too. I, but I, you know what? The point we talked about there is what means the most to me. When I'm watching basketball or football, I want the officials to stay out of the game. Yes. I want fewer calls, and uh, it leads to a smoother game and a better product. I think if the officials are – we don't want a flag fest. Nobody no, wants no. a flag fest where the game is constantly interrupted. And I think that when I watch basketball and football, and hopefully we have that type of game today, the last thing you want is that uh, we're doing shows on Monday talking about the officials. Well, and I think, again, if you're, you know, what, 10 and a half, I believe, is the prop, what we saw for the number of, of penalties in this game, accepted penalties, by the way. And, and, you know, to Mike's point, it's not that it's coming down from on high that they're saying this is the way to call the game. Mm-hmm. Again, getting back to that Cowboy game against the Niners, you had to call those things. If they're that evident, you got false starts, you're jumping off sides, and you're tackling guys on running plays. I mean, you, have, you, you can't eat the whistle, but I think what it is in a marginal play, that's when you maybe you err on the side of discretion of letting the game keep Maybe uh, you, you don't make a holding call that's borderline. You right, know, and right. That, and that's one thing I think uh, holding calls tend to, tend to uh, really interrupt the game and <clears throat> keep the scoring down, too. Keeps yeah. the scoring down and it kills drives. Those are drive killers when you see uh, holding calls and too many flags. And I don't think we're going to have that type of game, Dave, partly because your Dallas Cowboys were so poorly coached and penalized so often they were not good enough to make it to a game like you this. You know what? My day's already been made, Matt, before you got here. Because we had Barry Switzer on earlier in the program. Uh-huh. And, you know, that's the last time the Cowboys won a Super Bowl was 1995. Yeah, well, I I'm, remember it well. I was in Chicago at the time. I'm getting very old, by the way. <laughs> Come on, Dallas. Stop making those penalties. Uh, let's talk about the teams that are in this and for very good reason. And some of them are because of some of the additions they made. And some of them, look, 
I don't know if you thought about it, Matt, at the time. I did not. When the Rams acquired Odell Beckham Jr. midseason, mm-hmm. remember we had Odell's dad putting Baker Mayfield on blast and yeah. social media is missing my kid, right? Some people, the narrative was Odell is damaged goods. He's just not the guy anymore. He's been a key addition to this offense here as they get all the way to the Super Bowl. Leonard Floyd, of course, uh, coming over uh, from the Bears. He's been pretty good on that outside. And Darius Williams at corner. And Eric Weddle, I mean, literally off the couch into the playoffs and now into a Super Bowl. Let's start off with Odell. And you look at what he's done. How big an impact, because I didn't see this coming, Matt, that he'd be this key uh, of a cog to the offensive machine. No, you didn't think so. But uh, you also have to keep in mind that the Rams lost a guy who was integral to their offense. Robert Woods was yes. a very important receiver to that offense. Somebody had to step in and fill the void Robert Woods left, and I think uh, OBJ has been the perfect guy to do that because he's a veteran. Um, obviously, his uh, I'm going to say his ego has been uh, suppressed a little bit in the past Check couple it at years. The door, yeah, yeah. yeah, because he's not really not the same flamboyant guy necessarily that he was when he left the Giants to go to Cleveland who thought he was all-world the best receiver in the NFL. He's trying to help this team win. Uh, when you hear him talk, he seems like a much more mature player now than he was before. But now he can step in that Robert Woods role and be really effective for this offense, and that's what they needed because Cooper Cup's going to be uh, Matthew Stafford's go-to guy. There's no question about that, and I think Odell realizes that. He has – and Beckham has not put up huge numbers in terms of receiving yards. He did put up big yards in that uh, San Francisco game. Right. But if you look at all the games he's played for the Rams, he hasn't been a 100-yard receiver type of guy, but I think he's got six touchdowns since he joined the team, and, uh, you know, he, he could be a key guy in this game if the Bengals do uh, focus too much or more of their coverage, and you know, in trying to bracket Cooper Cup, then a guy like OBJ could t- take off. And that's why you're, you're seeing a lot of people, I bet OBJ just scored the first TD of the game. Yeah. A lot of people are playing OBJ as a long shot to be MVP. He could be a, a really key guy today. And obviously, the biggest addition was trading for Matthew Stafford. People forget that was a trade. You get Jared Goff's contract off the books. You make that. But look, it signified that we're going to go all in. And then they continued that when you get Von Miller midseason. Another midseason acquisition uh, from the Denver Broncos. And then Sony Michelle, who's kind of on the scrap heap. And people thought he was done. And you get the Cam Akers injury uh, preseason. Now Cam is back, so they have three running backs here. I mean, look, I can go back to the 94-49ers when they got Dion. And they made the big push. Guys like, you know, I think Gary Plummer, if you remember him, the old linebacker. So they made the push, and it was successful. And they won the Super Bowl that year. This is what the Rams are doing, right? There's no mistaking. They pushed every chip right to the center of the table. (laughs) Yeah. And they got kind of lucky that it's paid off. But in gambling, you have to have luck on your side. We all know that. No matter if you play casino games or sports betting, it helps to have luck on your side. And I think the Rams... Uh, we're a little bit lucky last week to get by the 49ers. They were. Game, we talked about Stafford throwing up the what should have been a pick that was dropped. Uh, but here's the thing. If the Rams win this Super Bowl, all that criticism they took for trading away all their draft picks, pushing all their chips in the middle of the table, well, hey, all that criticism's out the window, and it, it, it paid off because the goal is to win championships. And if the Rams win one, then who, who cares about those draft picks that they traded away? But – if this team had lost in the first round of the playoffs or lost in that game at Tampa Bay and you mortgage your future, then you got a problem. But it's all about winning championships, and uh, if the Rams win one today, uh, nobody's going to talk about those draft picks that were traded away. Okay, so specifically in Matthew Stafford, obviously you see the numbers up on the board for him today from a prop bet scenario. Is it is it already justifiable if you're Les Snead, the GM, if you're Sean McVay, boy genius, fifth year now, second Super Bowl, 
just getting there. To say, hey, we even if we lose. No, it's not enough. It's not there. enough. No. You got to win this thing in order to justify. Well, you're the favorite. When you're the favorite in the Super Bowl, it's not enough just to get there. You got to win the game. Yeah, no, no now, question. If you're the it. underdog, and you're Joe Burrow in your second year as quarterback, and you're a young team like Cincinnati, I think it can be enough just to get there. You know, you're going to have more chances where you should have more chances. And uh, but when you're the favorite, and you got a veteran team, and you're built to win now. No, it's not enough just to get to the game and lose. Very quickly, Matthew Stafford, obviously you can understand why he's the shortest odds to be MVP. Because uh-huh. of the favorite, he's the quarterback. If you had to go with some of those other additions, and I know you like Odell Beckham Jr. potentially, would you look at a defensive guy like Jalen Ramsey, Von Miller, or Aaron Donald potentially if they really are dominant with their defensive effort today? Yeah, I think you can make a case. Uh, I'm going to say for Von Miller. I think you can make the best case for Von Miller. Uh, the last time there was a defensive MVP in the Super Bowl, Dave, who was it? Dallas Cowboys. Get two of them. Well, we can go back. Well, we had two back in 78 before Larry Brown. Against... Well, I know. It was Von Miller. Oh, I, I thought you were for the Cowboys. No, not for the Cowboys. Oh, because Randy White and they shared it with Harvey Martin. The last guys... time there was an MVP who was a defensive player. Against Cam in the Newton. the Super Bowl. It was Von Miller yeah. for, the, for the Broncos against Cam Newton. That was, what, five, six years ago. Six years ago, I think 2016. And he had two and a half sacks in that game. Here's the thing about the Rams and the way they defend. Aaron Donald's going to put a lot of pressure up the middle to collapse the pocket, and you got to think Joe Burrow is going to be looking for ways to escape. You got Von Miller flying in from the outside, Leonard Floyd also from the other side, and uh, Von Miller's a guy who could uh, cash in on Aaron Donald's interior pressure. Uh, and I think that you know a forty to one, fifty to one, sixty to one, you can take a shot on a guy like Von Miller. I agree. I also think Jalen Ramsey, again, if the game script holds, if the offensive line yeah. really struggles and they get pressure and Burrow does throw the ball instead of taking sacks. You pretty much, as a corner, you pretty, like Larry Brown. Yes. Or the Cowboys. There Your we Cowboys. go. You pretty much have to have two picks. Neil O'Donnell, thank you. One's not going to be enough. You're probably going to have to have one or one that's a pick six to have a chance to win MVP. And I, I'll just, I'm not going to bet on Jalen Ramsey because I don't like him. <laughs> he is. He's one of those. Wait, what don't you like about him? That he's outspoken? Well, he, he thinks he's the best corner in the he league. He is the best corner in the uh, league. Last time I saw him against Tampa Bay, Mike Evans was toasting him well, he did on the way that. to the end zone. He did get that one. And uh, we'll see how much time he sp- actually spends on Jamar Chase. He always says, I want the guy. I want the go-to guy. <laughs> and then half the game, he's not on him. I think he's a little bit more hype uh, than production sometimes. It's interesting you say that because we did have Rondé Barber on. Again, VEASAN.com. we got some, some incredible guests we've had throughout the whole weekend. And Rondé said something to that ilk, which is – Yes, Jalen Ramsey sometimes, but it's not a Deion Sanders. I shut down this side right, of the field. Right. He's right? not Deion. He thinks he's Deion, but he's not. And I think that's kind of my problem. And we also saw him in the Baltimore game where he punched a teammate in the head on the field. You know, you're, you're just not a, a good teammate when you're doing nonsense like that during the game. You can't do that sort of thing. I'm, I'm with you on that, Matt. But I do like outspoken guys. Because we always tell them that from the media perspective, we want you to talk. And then when you talk, hey, don't talk. So at least he's talking, so I can't get on him for that. Hey, when we come back, uh, David Fulcher is going to join us. And again, uh, old school people like myself, I remember 41 and patrolling the way he did with the Bengals. And the last time they were in the Super Bowl, David Fulcher was a part of it. We'll get his thoughts on Super Sunday. Much more to get to right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Do you have any questions about betting the Super Bowl? Well, if you're wondering maybe how to hedge or you're looking for unusual props or insights from one of our hosts, well, the VEASAN Big Game Help Desk is here for you. Submit your questions at VEASAN.com slash Super Bowl. It could be answered by one of our experts on air or on VEASAN.com. One of those experts right next to me, Matt Humans. Matt, you've been answering some of those questions on the Help Desk, right? Here we have. Go to VEASAN.com. You got any questions? Well, it's getting a little bit late now, Dave. We're getting close to uh, kickoff. Can't but, wait. Um, <clears throat> The, uh, the last one we got, the last two hours before kickoff of Super Bowl 56, we have a great guest on here. We really do. David Fulcher is going to join us right now. For, of course, number 33 from the Cincinnati Bengals back in the days. And, David, we were talking about it here. The last time the Bengals were in the Super Bowl, well, I know you know it very well, and they are now back here all these years later. Just from a Cincinnati perspective, David, what did it mean then, getting so close to winning it, and what would it mean today if they are they are able to win it? Well, first, gentlemen, thank you for letting me uh, get on the show here with you guys. And I will tell you this: uh, when we got there back in '88, it was uh, it was pretty spectacular. We had a pretty good offense, uh, a defense that didn't bend or break, kind of like the defense we got right now, and the offense that does a lot. I think we're meeting a whole lot to Cincinnati because I think these fans in Cincinnati are probably the best fans in football, and I know a lot of football players say that about the fans, but. We've been thirsty for an opportunity to get back, just win a playoff game. And we've done that. And we won three playoff games that were pretty tough football games. So I think it's exciting to see this football team and this franchise get back to the Super Bowl and an opportunity to win it again. Think about that uh, Super Bowl when uh, Joe Montana threw the winning touchdown pass with 34 seconds left. That had to be heartbreaking at the time. Oh, no. Let me tell you something, man. I, I, I could still see that pass go right by me. <laughs> you know, and it's funny because that inter- that pass that Joe Montana threw in the AFC Championship game, Jim Kelly tried to sneak one in there on the same kind of throw, and I intercepted it. So, you know, you look at those things, man, they're, they're, they're things that are going to be in your vision for the rest of your life, and I could still see that, and hopefully we don't have to worry about that tonight with uh, the kind of football team that Cincinnati is bringing to the table tonight. The final score of that game was 20-16, to 16, Niners over the Bengals. Uh, David, I'm curious how you think this game's going to play out. Is it going to be defenses dictate most of the first half? Maybe the game picks up in the second half? We've uh, heard that theory floated many times in the past couple weeks. Or do you think this game could really turn into a shootout? What, what, what do you see for a game script, how, how this might play out from the start? Well, you know, the Rams got a great defensive line, so they're going to put a lot of pressure on Cincinnati. Uh, and I think that uh, Aaron Donald, um, if he is not contained, uh, he'll have a big night. Um, but I think they're, they're, the game plan is to do some things that to keep him off balance. But I do think that this is not going to be one of those games where it's, you know, you know, a, a 40-something, 20-something football game. I think it's going to be a low-scoring football game because I think both defenses have played so well. So a lot of pressure on the Rams because, you know, the Rams are a, a, a football team that should probably be there. Cincinnati wasn't even thought about being there. I think these guys are just playing because they don't know nothing. And I think that this is a football team that's just out there having fun. And I believe that, you know, it takes them a while on offense to get started, uh, as we saw the last game against Kansas City. But, you know, when you make those halftime adjustments, they made some pretty good halftime adjustments twice against Kansas City and also against Tennessee. So if they're in the ball game uh, at halftime, I think the Bengals will win the football game. Mm-hmm. But once again, if the Rams get on the roll and do what they need to do, 
it could be a tough night for Cincinnati, but I, I can believe I believe the boys will get it done, and I think it's going to be a great opportunity for Cincinnati to bring one home. All right, talking with three-time Pro Bowler David Fulcher, formerly of the Cincinnati Bengals. And, and David, you know, we know about the star power that the Rams have defensively when you have Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, and they might all be going uh, to the Hall of Fame one day, right? But the Bengals, we don't talk yeah. about their defense. But collectively, could the sum of the parts equal the star power that the Rams have? You know, I think so. I mean, you know, you go back many, many years ago to the a no-name defense that uh, just has some guys out there playing, and you know, no, no Pro Bowlers, no big-time, uh, you know, money-making guys. But but then again, they're they're guys that make plays. And I can go back to our '88 Super Bowl team, where it was all about our offense: Boomer and Aki Woods and James Brooks and. You know, those guys, Collinsworth, Munoz on the offensive line, and there was a defense that played on the other side of the ball, uh, which David Fulcher was part of that defense. We we didn't give up a lot. When we got into the playoffs, we played our best football. This football team on defense is playing their best football. They got one more game to play, and hopefully they can continue to keep playing that. So they've, they've got a defense, and, and their defensive coordinator has made some, some great adjustments um, the last couple of weeks of the season. And that's why they are where they are now. Offense puts points on the board. Defense wins championships. So maybe this defensive team can win a championship for Cincinnati. How about the offensive line for the Bengals? Do you think it's going to be a problem? That's obviously been a major talking point here the past couple weeks. Is that going to be what uh, maybe we're talking about on Mondays, how this Rams defensive line dominated? Or do you think the Bengals' O-line can hold up here? Well, you know, we've all had our fingers crossed in the last couple of weeks. You know, when you give up nine sacks to Tennessee and you still win the game, well, that's a that's a correction that you can do. But when you give up nine sacks and can't win the game, now you got a long offseason. But I, I tell you what, the offensive line, you know, the last couple of weeks, they have really, really played well. And uh, hopefully they can play one more one more good game like that and then we can correct all those during the offseason. But it's going to be tough. I mean, this is, you know, the Bengals have had three, Tough games with the Raiders and then, you know, the Tennessee and then Kansas City. So, you know, the the, the best defensive team in the, in the league was Kansas City, and we held them off. So if we could do it again uh, with the Rams, uh, we're bringing home a championship uh, uh, tonight after this game's over with. Yeah, Joe Burrow sacked only one time uh, in the game against the Chiefs. By the way, David Fulcher played the last year of his career in L.A. Mm-hmm. for the Raiders. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yes. But is this is it? It's it's a Ram town now, right, David? They, do they realize the Raiders aren't there anymore? Well, yeah, the Raiders are gone, man. No, nobody's even thinking <laughs> about the Raiders. Talking about the Rams and and the Chargers, but I, I think the Rams are a pretty good football team, and they they're going to create a lot of havoc uh, on both sides of the ball for the Bengals tonight. No doubt about it. Hey, David, very quickly, uh, I know the old David Fulcher in the day. If you had a receiver running free, you guys are going to hit him. I know you can't do that a, a whole lot in today's day and age. In 2022, what do you do with Cooper Cup as a safety? I know the corner's got to try to slow him down. How do you slow down the year that Cooper Cup's had in the biggest game this uh, to date? I don't. I don't think you can slow him down. I think you just have to contain him. You know, when he catches the ball, you try to get him down on the ground quick, fast, in a hurry. Um, and the style of football today, they won't let you hit the way I was hitting back in the day. I think it's a. Uh, it's more of a finesse football game now than physical. And every now and then, somebody will get physical. But I do think that with his uh, his ability that he brings to the table, he's the kind of guy, man, that you're going to have to, uh, when he catches the football, no extra yards after catch. Uh, you're going to have to hit him. You're going to have to talk to him. You've got to let him know that uh, we're going to be married for the next 30, you know, 40 minutes for two hours of football. 
Uh, and you normally know, when you're married, you hang around your wife. And Cooper Cup, you're gonna have to be my wife tonight, man, because I'm gonna be right next to you. So, I think these guys are ready. I think the Bengals are ready to uh, to get it done. And um, it's gonna be a challenge. Like I said, he, he, you know, he might be just like Jerry Rice uh, back in our day, where he he had 10, 11 catches. But if you can keep the the points off the board, you, know, you got a chance. And you guys held that Niners team to 20 points and actually 13 until the final minute mm-hmm. of the game. Hey, uh, I want to ask you from a DB's perspective, is uh, Jalen Ramsey as good as he hypes himself up to be? And, and can Jamar Chase actually get an edge on Ramsey if those guys are in a matchup one-on-one? Well, you know, I, I think it's I think it's tough, man, when you're a uh, when you are a, um, a a receiver trying to play against a DB and a DB trying to check a receiver. It's hard to cover receivers, man. When they're moving 100 miles an hour, you don't know where they're going. Um, so, you know, I, I'm going back to a guy that, that played in the league with me and, you know, Deion Sanders prime time. Deion had a big mouth, but he backed it up. Yeah. And uh, Jalen's got a big mouth, and, and hopefully he could back it up, not tonight, but maybe next week <laughs> or next month or next year. Um, but you know what? Here's the thing. You know, you, you, you live for the challenge, and he's going to bring a challenge to the table. And, you know, you watch Jamar Chase, and he's just he's very physical. Mm-hmm. Very, very physical football player, and I will tell you something, man. He uh, he gets it done, and the challenge is going to be: Can Ramsey, you know, take Jamar Chase out of his game? And when he gets one on one, that's what Joe Burrow likes to shine with with Chase. So, if you see one on one out there, it's 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 Ramsey and, and Bur- uh, Chase going at it, and we'll see what happens. I, I think they're both excellent football players, but. Like I said, the challenge is going to be on Burrow. I mean, I'm sorry, on Ramsey more than it's going to be on Chase. Right. Got about 45 seconds to go with David Fulcher, three-time Pro Bowler with the Cincinnati Bengals. David, very quickly, we do need an official prediction from you. I think we know which way you might be leaning. And also, did you know the story about Joe Montana with, hey, that's John Candy? Was that true, or did you find that out after the fact? Uh, I think that was all after the fact, man. I, I wasn't even paying attention to it. And then after you lose a game, who cares what he him and Candy's about or not about? You know what I mean? Right. right. But no, I, I tell you what. I think. Uh, I think. Like I said, this this is a this is a challenging football game. I think more for the Rams than it is Cincinnati, just because the Rams are you know, people did not expect the Bengals to be there. They expect the Rams to be there, and the Rams are a pretty good football team, and they beat some pretty good teams to get there. So the pressure, I think, is on the Rams, man, and not the Bengals. The Bengals just go out there and play fancy free, let it loose, and uh, see what happens. And once again, when they win the Super Bowl, nobody expects that. If they don't win the Super Bowl, I think it's, uh, okay, hey, we didn't expect you guys to win anyway, but I think they're bringing it back to Cincinnati, my friend. Thank you, David. Got to run. Coming on back on these and these Sports Betting Network. a huge score during the big game with BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app, place a $10 money on wager on Pro Football's final game of the season, and if either team scores a touchdown, you're going to win 200 bucks in free bets regardless of your wager's outcome. 
Just use the code SB200 when you make your very first wager. You're also going to earn BetMGM rewards points that you can redeem for room nights and dining at MGM resorts nationwide. Only at BetMGM. Eligible restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Dave Ross wrapping things up with Matt Humans here in our pregame coverage here on VEASAN. But Matt, mm-hmm. there's so much more to get to here on Super Sunday. So for a preview of what you're going to get, take a look. Hey, it's Gil Alexander along with Matt Brown. Later today, along with Mike Pritchard and Kelly Bidlin, we're hosting the Big Game Betcast between the Rams and the Bengals. We'll be tracking all of the prop bets, seeing which overs, which unders hit. We'll also be looking at the in-game lines and totals and see if there's any edge for an in-game bet. Hope it's a good one. All the bets tracked in real time, exclusively right here at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Okay, it was an excellent promo. Not as good as Tim and Chance, right? I mean, look, when you get Circa and you're at the pool and you're doing backflips, right, that's going to be the promo of the day so far. Yeah, Sean King's dancing, Tim uh, Tim Murray's uh, lack of dance moves, and that was a classic promo. By the Stadium Swim, if you haven't had a chance to get out there, My I'm goodness. sure you've seen one of the great spots on the earth, right? I, I, by the way, I've never done it as just a – you know, John Q. Public, I can't wait to do that once football season's over. You haven't been out there yet? I've not been there, but, like, always kind of in a work capacity. Oh, uh, you got to go out there to watch games. Dave, I'm disappointed in you. By the Dis- way, uh, disappointed in myself. you're talking about problem gambling. Gambling's only a problem when you're losing. We don't and intend to do that. Hopefully, you're cashing tickets on this Super Bowl. How many props do you have today? I got 21 props. Just 21. Matt, let's get uh, to some of those. I think I got 17 of them on this graphic. I've added four since uh, hey, we put out the graphic. In between the, the graphic, the making of the graphic, you put in four more. Well, yeah, we made the graphic Friday. This is Sunday. I had time to get four more prop bets. And hey, the, the side bet I've got here is Bengals plus four and a half. Okay. Not a huge play. I picked the Rams to win the game by two. I think the Rams win by two or three. It's a tight game. So Bengals plus four and a half on the side. Did not bet the total. Uh, I do think this is going to be a game that starts slowly. The passing, the scoring is going to pick up second, third, fourth quarters. Uh, I played the Rams, score or punt first, to punt, hmm. minus 110. The Bengals to punt before they score, minus 140. I'd like to see these teams start off a little bit conservative and tight, trade a couple of punts. That would be great. We could have a couple of prop winners to start the game. Dave, what you have here are two first-time Super Bowl quarterbacks. Right. you got two young head coaches. Hmm. You think you're going to be a little bit conservative? You don't want to make a big mistake early in this Super Bowl. I'm right there with you, and again, I, I think the misnomer is that when you look at Sean McVay 2.0 now, right? Mm-hmm. Three points against the Patriots, by the way. And then you look at Zach Taylor, you know, touched by McVay, and OC, and now these guys are wide open, bang, bang. No, right. that, those, that's not the style, because I know a lot of guys that, that are big Rams fans, and their criticism of McVay is that he is too conservative. He will, will roll out Johnny Hecker here instead of going for it, yeah. maybe on the other side of the 50. So well, on the, on the are... first drive of the game, you're probably not going to gamble either. No, right? No, no. Too early in the game to make mistakes. David Fulcher was just on with us, former uh, Bengals great uh, safety, and he said he thinks it's going to be a defensive game. I, I think this could be a game that takes off in the second half. We'll see. But I uh, also bet team to make the longest field goal, the Bengals at minus 120. It looks like McPherson's got the bigger leg, more reliable. 
Uh, the Bengals look like a good bet there. Longest made field goal of the game, over 46 and a half yards. Hmm. Uh, will there be a two-point conversion attempt? Uh, attempt? Yes. You don't have to even convert it. Just get the attempt. Just the attempt is even money. If you want to bet the yes, I think it's plus $2 or more, plus 240 if you want to bet on a successful two-point conversion. First turnover of the game, I bet interception of hmm. minus 110. This is one of the first props I bet. I thought this was mispriced. And I actually saw today that the first turnover of the game to be an interception of minus $2 Woo! at one book in town. So minus 110 was a good number. I did bet on Matthew Stafford to throw a pick two. Yes, minus 130. Uh, he threw eight picks in a four-game stretch late in the season. My goodness. Uh, I did bet some Joe Burrow-related props as well. In fact, I got uh, four of them, five of them specifically uh, within the game. Incompletions by Burrow over 11 and a half. Pass attempts over 36 and a half. Passing yards over 277 uh, and a half. Rushing yards by Burrow over 11 and a half. Rushing attempts by Burrow over two and a half. I, you know, if the Bengals are in it with a chance to win it, I think Joe Burrow is going to have to put up big numbers. If they're getting blown out, he's going to have to put the ball in the air a lot too. Either way, I think Burrow is going to have to put up numbers. Here at Circus Sports, I actually found Burrow to be MVP at plus 275, and I've talked about this a few times. Yeah. Instead of betting the Bengals on the money line there you at go. minus plus 170, bet Joe Burrow plus 250 or better to be MVP. I can't envision a scenario in which the Bengals win and Burrow's not the MVP. I guess it could happen, but it's hard to envision that. Also, uh, will the game be decided by exactly three points? We're just talking about entertainment props here. It took four to one odds and Odell Beckham to be the player who scores the first touchdown of the game at 8-1. to one. I threw in a couple of uh, rushing props. I bet these are – I'm not sure these are on the graphic, but I bet uh, Cam Akers under his rushing total. I bet uh, Joe Mixon under his rushing total. Mm-hmm. That's right around 62.5, 63 yards for each of those running backs. And we, we think it's going to be a three-headed monster in the Henderson. backfield yeah. for the Rams. And uh, in that case, one guy should not get – 15-plus carries, you would think. So, anyway, that's kind of the way I think the game is going to go, and that's uh, the way I bet most of the props. Yeah, I, you know, you're Joe, Joe Burrow to win MVP at plus 275, and I understand that rationale a lot. Instead of taking Bengals' money line to win the game, if there's really a long shot for Cincinnati to win it, I mean, Mixon would have to go nuts running the football, which I don't think we see, mm-hmm. hence to your under there. Rams are going to be tough to run on. It's going to be very yeah. tough. And I would say the, the longest of long shots for non-Joe Burrow MVP, Evan McPherson. I mean, let's <laughs> shout out to kicker. And look, it's one of the props that I took, over seven and a half points. Because okay. the only scenario that I can actually see of the Bengals winning is kind of the game script, which they did against Tennessee. Kick mm-hmm. Two field goals early in that game in that first quarter that people forget about. And, of course, it kicks the game winner when he says, allegedly, well, I guess we're going to the AFC title game. Yeah. So I like the moxie of this kid. So to plus 1,000, look, I, I just think that there's value in it. I don't know if there's much there for Matt Gay because, again, there's so many different options for the Rams. So it's Burrow or bust, but if it was bust, I think McPherson would be the long shot, fun play if they can hit a game winner, he kicks a couple 50-yarders, right? And, look, he's just – they play conservatively mm-hmm. once they get inside the red zone because they know they have this kid that's just going to make everything. So I could see a scenario where that happens. Now, right. the other prop that I did take, and I took this early on, and surprisingly, it really it, – it wasn't like I got a good number on it because it really hasn't switched. And that's the six-point teaser, taking the Bengals plus 10.5. And, and I did play the over 42.5. And, okay. look – 48 and a half, I actually think it'll get there eventually. And I listened uh, closely to what you said. I do agree. I think maybe a slow starting first half. I think the points will come in the second half. 
So I think it'll get over this total. I think it actually might get over the 48 and a half. It's not a stronger play. So to me, the quote unquote safer play for being on the Cincinnati side, and instead of taking the four and a half, give me the 10 and a half. I will tease it with the 42 and a half. That's what I've done so far. I just think it's going to be a close game. I don't see a blowout scenario. I mean, clearly, if there is one-way traffic, I would see it being the way of the Rams mm-hmm. and not being the way like the Bengals got a blowout win over. The, that'd be the biggest surprise of all. Yeah. But I do think this is a, a, a ten a ten point swing either way. So if the Bengals come up a little bit short at the end, I think that at least they'll keep it inside the ten. Yeah, last year the Buccaneers were underdogs in that game, and they blew out the Chiefs thirty-one to nine. Not many people saw that coming. I could see uh, McPherson kicking three or more field goals in this game. I kind of like that. That's your best prop play. Yeah. yeah I wanted to uh, mention this quote from Jay Cornegay, the Westgate Superbook vice president, because I think it kind of sums up a lot of what we talked about here on VSEN the last two weeks. Jay's daughter actually bet the Bengals about a month ago 15 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Whoa. He said, quote, what has surprised me so far is how much public support the Bengals are getting. When I asked someone in the book why they bet the Bengals, they say, I like Joe Burrow. I think he's a winner. My daughter bet the Bengals win the Super Bowl three or four weeks ago. I asked why, and she said, I just like Joe Burrow. <laughs> uh, so when you check the boxes, which team has the edge, the Rams have the edge in most of uh, the positions or most of the position groups you're going to talk about. But when you go to the Bengals, you check Joe Burrow, you check Evan McPherson, right? The Bengals yeah. quarterback, kicker. But it does have a, a – look, nothing will ever be Super Bowl three. Nothing will ever be Broadway Joe – what, 18-point underdogs to the Baltimore Colts that day. And, you know, Joe Joe Namath wagging his finger walking. But that is the feel that you get with Joe Burrow, that swagger that he brings from LSU, that Joe Namath mm-hmm. brought from Alabama, from the SEC. I don't know if there's a correlation there. But that does feel like that's why people are backing Joe Burrow and the Bengals is because of Joey B. Yeah. Well, we'll see if it plays out that way. By the kicker, kickers are 0 for 55 in Super Bowl MVP voting. Maybe one. Come on, Evan McPherson. I'd like to see Joe Burrow get MVP today. Matt, a lot of fun hanging out with you for the last two hours. Of course, we got you covered all afternoon, evening long, right here at Vison. Of course, our big game pregame uh, continues 5 to 6 p.m. The BetCast, 6 to 10. Nightcap is going to follow the postgame there at 10 to 11. Follow the money, 11 to 2 a.m. And then the look ahead from 2 a.m. to 3 a.m. Everybody. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Have fun. Best of luck on your wagers today, but don't go anywhere. We got you covered right here in Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know. What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN.